0: Today, this morning, we're going to have a very, very special speaker. All right. Okay. Uh, he is none other than our missionary in Tibet. All right. Okay. Let, let me. I, his, his CV is so huge. Huh? I, let, let, let me read. He has been in Tibet since 2005, meaning a good 17 years. Wow. Praise God. And when he was there, praise the Lord, thank you for clap offering. He was only there with his wife, Becky, who speaks also perfect Mandarin. And since then, a lot has transpired. And he has now have six children, right? Six children, right? Yeah, praise the Lord for that. And he tells me that's because there's no TV in Tibet. <laughs> he he received uh, 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 um, his master's. He's a, a big a brain, no? No, You see him, his stature is there. Well, not only that. He's also a brain, you know, he he got a master's from Harvard and a PhD from Oxford. Whoa. (laughs) You cannot get a better combination than that. And yet he gave his life fully to serve God in Tibet. Outstanding. Other than that, uh, when he was there in uh, when he is there in Tibet, he is involved in the Lausanne Congress, Global BM Congress, leading Chinese Mission Movement, teaching at seminary, uh, uh, and then he, his family and teams also run Bible schools there, disaster relief centers, girls' schools, kindergartens, safe havens, anti-abortion, pro-life operation, vocational training programs in a very highly restricted area, persecuted. Tibetan, and the Ugo areas. You know, the Ugu's tribe uh, are, are, are very victimized uh, there. In his free time, and, and that shows how, how talented he is, he enjoys mountaineering, songwriting, reading, writing, cooking, imparting leadership, etc., etc., etc. Et Alright, it's endless. So, please help me to invite yeah. Reverend Gangri Philip Gobu, yeah. alias Filippo. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Pastor Chu, um, well done in pronouncing my Tibetan name. All right. Welcome to uh, SIV. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Better is one day in the house of the Lord than thousands elsewhere. Yeah, this morning I met some, in fact, many old friends, and uh, hopefully I will make new ones. Uh, so one of our old friends came up to me and showed me and my children uh, a picture that uh, we took 18 years ago. And uh, we were in Israel, remember, Pastor Chu? And uh, this is Rodney, Brother Rodney, showed this and said, look. And then my bro- all my children came up and asked me, he says, Dad, what happened to you? He says, you used to have so much hair. Now you have to use a hat to cover it. I answered them, you want to know what happened to me? Children. (laughs) All right. So I didn't just give my life to uh, Jesus in Tibet. I also gave my hair. (laughs) Now, um, I would like to share quite a bit of things. So I think I better start. The title that I've chosen is Zero COVID Frontier and Harvest. First of all, I forgot to greet all of you, and, uh, you know, in, uh, in location and online. So welcome to SIB. Now, uh, some of you know that the last we were in SIB was three years ago in 2020 in January. And since then, we decided to go back to China uh, in the midst of the Wuhan outbreak, uh, a lot of people, in fact, everyone uh, advised us not to go back. But, of course, we prayed and we took it to the Lord and asked the Lord whether we should go back or not. Because there was an outbreak and everybody was fleeing the country then. And uh, if you were here last week listening to Pastor, uh, Pastor Li um, uh sermon, you know that when you pray and the Lord is silent, it means no. So I didn't hear anything from the Lord, so we went back. And there we were for three years. We lived through what the world terms, uh, what the Chinese government terms zero COVID. Okay, before that, let me just quickly go through this. Frontier versus front line. Pastor Chu has cast a vision for SIBKL for this year, 2023. Taking frontiers. So I thought, I went back and I thought about what is frontiers, because we have been in the front line for 17, 18 years. So what is the difference between frontiers and front line? With the permission of uh, senior pastors, let me unpack this a little bit. Okay, a frontier is what we usually call uncharted territories. All right, It could be a remote, physical place, or it could be a field. Okay, It could be an academic field, it could be a spiritual field. Or in our context, we're constantly concern about an ethnic group or demographical group that is untouched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to us, this would be our frontier. So as you can see, it's not a line, it is an area. It's an, an, it's an area in our context that has not been touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. But is Jesus present there? Yes. So how can people in frontiers know about Jesus? Now you go back to your Bible. How can they know if they have not heard? How can they hear, right, if nobody told them? How can anyone tell them if they're not sent? So this is frontier, right? It means a place. So when Pastor Chu said, So this year is taking frontiers. He is challenging you to explore it. Notice I didn't say conquer it. Explore, right? Because as you explore, I strongly believe that the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do, right? Now, how about frontline? Look at this. Frontline is mostly used to describe an employee, a manager, who's working directly with a group of people, be it customers, be it employees, or an explorer pushing the boundary beyond known territory, a soldier engaging in a direct confrontation in a military conflict, or worker toiling at the first lines of a frontier. There are many lines in frontiers. So as you can see, front line is describing mostly people. Mostly people. Okay, so while frontier is describing a territory, so the question I want to ask you guys tonight or today is who, where is your frontier? Who is your front line? Okay, I cannot ask you who is your frontier. The correct question is who is your front line, right? If you are a pilot, my brother is a pilot. Okay, so he, he pilots a big plane. So imagine this, you are all in a plane, right? So let me ask you this, who would be your frontliners? So the pilot is Jesus, right? So if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, you will be a co-pilot. Who are your frontliners? It would be your crew, isn't it? But more than just that, more than just that, it will be anyone who makes sure that you, your plane can take off and stay and fly high and remain high and when it's time to come down, then come down safely in the frontier. So in other words, the passengers, are they frontliners? They're not. Your crews, people in the control towel, right? The cleaning crews, Anyone, even people who stay back and pray, right? Those are your frontliners. Now, I have six kids in my family, right? So who will be my frontliner? be my wife. I heard some people said, everyone. Just because you're in the frontier doesn't necessarily make you a frontliner. Okay, I have six kids. I have one wife. And people used to ask, are they all yours? I said, yes. By one woman? I said, yes. Right? So that one woman who mother my six children would be my frontliner. So what are my six children? They are freeloaders. (laughs) At least for now. Right? Any leader, any leader that's worth his or her salt would not be happy with status quo. If you find that the majority of your team are freeloaders, you will not be happy with this. You want to change things. By doing what? By leading them in the frontier, by allowing, by praying for them, by modeling for them, so that in times, some may take the lead, receive the calling, and be transformed into frontliners. And this is my prayer for SIBKL. Okay? Okay? That there will be more and more transformations at the altar. Right? Now, this is campfire. Right? I use this picture to remind me all the time. What is mission? So, what is frontline? You look at this fire, there will be church because it's surrounded by darkness. And then this is church. It burns so brightly, and it gives heat. Raw food can be turned into nutritious food by going through this. You get nutrition, you get heat, you get, you get light. That's church, okay? It burns, and then you can see for miles in the darkness. What is mission? You see this. Any line that the, the light touches the darkness, that is where mission is. That is where front line is. Okay, so it doesn't matter whether you are pastors or you work in the society, you as a businessman or business as mission, okay? If your job takes you to a place where you constantly are confronted with darkness, be it people who have not yet live in darkness because they have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, or broken families, or people who are struggling with addiction, or people who live in lies and deception and lost self-esteem, hopelessness, diseases, sicknesses, you are in the front line. You are frontliners. Right? So I challenge you today to think to ask yourself and to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you who is your front line? Where is your frontier? Okay? Now I want to move to harvest. All right? Now, most, most of the time, people think of harvest and this is the pictures. These are the pictures that come to mind. Yes? You think of wheat field. Maybe in Malaysian context, you think of paddy field or durian field, jungle. Right? Or abandoned catch. This is a basket full of fish. Or kabun. Right? You get all this. This is what every time the mentioning of harvest, at least this is What goes through my mind? This is field. Okay? In fact, let's look at these two verses. One is in Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Then Jesus said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And in John 4.35, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, people, and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Like you, I have read these verses many, many years. I have never understood, quite understood a few points. Chief of them was, you know who Jesus was talking to? They're not talking to a bunch of people who graduated from Oxford. Okay, they're talking to commoners like you and I, that he was talking, he was addressing fishermen, farmers. Have you ever asked yourself this question? If you are a seasoned farmer, that's what you do for a living, how could you possibly miss harvest? How is it possible? How is it possible that you say, there are still four months. Then comes the harvest. If you are, this if this is your lifeline, if you are farmers, seasoned farmers, how can you say there are still four months? How can you be so thick? How can you be so sotong? There are a few explanations to this. Okay, the harvest is great, but the labors are few. The first explanation is the harvest is in a place where there are not enough laborers. The second explanation is the harvest fields belong to a very bad owner, so much so that nobody is willing to work for him or her. Okay? Okay? And the third option is that they miss the harvest. How could people who live on the ground, live off the earth, miss harvest? This is really a no-brainer. How could? How could it? Let me show you. This is the harvesting and ingathering based on the modern agricultural practices in Israel. When we say modern, this is actually taken, okay, um, 2,000 years ago, right? You look at this. March, nothing much. April onward, they begin to have harvest. In fact, they have spring, they have summer, and they have autumn harvest, right? So, what we commonly think of as harvest when the field is white We think of wheat, which they harvest in May. Okay? But if you're planting oats, it's also May. If you're planting millet, grapes, and you look for harvest of grapes in May, you ain't going to find nothing because the harvest will come only in June and onward. What if you are in November already? if you are in November or September or now where we are, the season, winter, and you look and only are concerned about wheat, then that's what you are. You said there are only four, that's still four months away. Could it be that you are already in this, instead of seeing, opening your eyes and see that the harvest now is olives, instead of harvesting olives, you cast your eyes at wheat and thereby missing the harvest of olives. That is entirely possible and that's what the Lord revealed to me. Because in, during zero COVID, you know, I've just explained to you the Chinese lockdown. It's not MCO. There's nothing that we could do. Okay, no school, nothing. There's not even food. Some people ask, how did we survive? Because the Lord gave me wisdom. Okay, I would go up the mountain. I sneak up and prayed in the mountain. And I got into trouble all the time because the police came for me. Okay? And then they wanted to throw me in jail. they threatened to do they threatened to expel me. I said, go ahead and do it. I'm tired of this anyway. Okay? But somehow the Lord still kept me there. So during the prayer, the Lord says, as soon as they lifted, as soon as they lift this this round of lockdown, you need to go and stockpile. So I went and did this. I talked. I had a meeting. I talked to my wife. I said, we need to do this. We need to make sure that we have at least two months worth of food for our family plus another size of our family. That's what the Lord gave me. So during these nine lockdowns, my family personal, had food. Even then, we were rationing. But people who did not do that toward the end, they die. All right Now, during three years of lockdown, all the old ways are gone. We used to be able to go visit the Tibetans right in the grassland, in the tents, and the snow mountain. And now it's lockdown. We could not leave even our home. So I was quite upset. I asked the Lord, now you still want me to work? You now Okay, so if you want me to work, you send the people here. And the Lord really answered my prayer. So for three years, our house had been a church, had been a mission center, had been a homeschool, had been safe haven, had been hospitals, Okay, have been all of that. The Lord really sent people to us. And then the old harvest that I was so used to was wheat. That would be the Tibetans. The old way of harvesting would be harvesting wheat, going to them, spend time with them in the grassland and the tent, right? But as we pray, the Lord says, look up. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. And we looked up, and then we saw harvest, but not wheat. Olives. So we made a decision to choose. So we are not going to, fo- we are not going to continue to just wait for the harvest of wheat. Because if we are here this season as workers, my primary responsibility is to do the will of my master. If my master says, go now and harvest olives, because this is the harvest of olives, I said, I'll do it. So we did that, and for three years of lockdown, well, a lot of people who insisted on waiting for harvest four months, five months, six months down the road, and they got tired of waiting, they left. Or they never came back we started to harvest whatever the Lord asked us to harvest it wasn't the traditional wheat, barley, oats it was new for us as well olives, grapes and then we came out to tell today the goodness of the Lord we got to harvest elderly, children, minorities business people, party members Okay, I won't have time to share with you all of them. I will take a few ones to share. Okay, let me just tell you my secret. This is my secret. Okay, not shirtless. Okay, this is my prayer mountain. Come rain, come shine, I go up the mountain. This is during um, September. Okay, so I'll go up and someone just took a picture and sent to me, right? I looked in the mountains, and I prayed. This is what I call, I call, this is my burning bush, right? I go up, instead of taking off shoes, I take off my shirt and my hat, I hang it there. I'll come back to this tree later. This is where I spend a lot of time. I go up the mountain, I pray. I'll tell you the first story of the harvest, Right? Many of you know my father. When I decided to accept the call of Jesus Christ to go and follow him, okay, he first called me in 2002. And like a real man, I ran, right, for three years. And then eventually I said, if you call me, if I need, if I call myself a Christ follower, I have to follow you. So I decided to. Quit the job, follow Jesus to wherever he led us. And my father and my mother came to me, right? And then when I told them the decision, my father says, if you do that, I have no son like you. Then I'm like, How could you do that? I'm I'm your eldest son. He says, I have no son like you. So needless to say he didn't believe in Jesus then. Right? So I went to the field with a very, very heavy heart because I didn't have my father's blessing. For 10 odd years, I toiled in the front line. There's one hole in my heart. I didn't have my father's blessing. And then we prayed for my father's salvation, prayed and prayed, pastor prayed. So many people, so many of you prayed because you know this, you prayed. And I had the occasions from time to time to share with him and then he would not accept it. He would just turn off or sometimes he would ask me to leave. There was one time during Chinese New Year, he just said, get out. Chinese New Year. So my father's heart was hard. I had no way of getting into him. So I just went up the mountain and prayed, and I said, Lord, I have done all that I could do. The rest I can only pray. Right? I last saw him alive. It was three years ago, 2020, before we went back. He didn't believe he was still the same old man. Then I went back. Pretty soon the news came that he had COVID. It's not Omicron. 2020 was Sile. Okay, it was Alpha. That was deadly. So my father had COVID. He was the first batch to have. He was down. He was sent to hospital he went into coma and I was stuck in Tibet. There was a few days before they locked up. There was a few days before they locked up the whole country. So, I went up the mountain. I looked up. I looked down the valley. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I could not, if I leave, I'm a bad father. If I don't leave, I'm a bad son. What do you want me to do? So I gave the Lord a false dichotomy. Should I stay? Should I live, leave? How many of you do this to the Lord all the time? You give the Lord a false dichotomy. And you know, and I know, that there could be a third or fourth or fifth or 200th way. And the Lord that day did not ask me to live or to stay. He said, I want you to share with your father one more time my gospel I said why you don't remember so many times that I've done that and then he, he he kicked me out one more time so I went back I typed it up I sent to him no respond to be sure I recorded and sent to him I said sorry to him for hurting him all all these years I sought his forgiveness I said Jesus loves you if you're willing to accept Jesus today you just send an amen back to me then I'll know, no reply. That's because I found out that he already went into coma and he lost his phone in the hospital. But the hospital started calling us and say, we will cremate him tonight, don't come. After cremation, just send one person to the hospital to collect the ash. It came to this point. I was so helpless, I was so helpless. I went up to the mountain and I said Lord I asked my heavenly father to give my earthly father one more chance and weeks went by and it was Good Friday of 2020 when my phone suddenly picked. and I looked at it it was a message from my dad I'm like what? someone stole my dad's phone right? then I turn it on, it was a WhatsApp message from my dad. It was only one word, Amen. Then I'm like, what does it mean? What does it mean? I called him, he didn't pick up his phone. He was still in a, you um, know, um, hus- uh, he was still in hospital. So I typed it to him, I said, do you say, Amen to this, that you have accepted, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord and all this thing? And then he says, yes. Then I said, Praise the Lord! I still keep that message in my phone, right? So this father, whose heart was so hard, I didn't need to ask him to share. He started sharing. He started sending to our family group. He says, I was going down a slippery slope. Dark, I could not help it. Dark, I was going down. I knew that was going down. Dark. And suddenly I saw a man in white and it's Jesus. He said, he asked me, he said, many people are praying for you, go back. Then I said, wait, 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 how do you know that this is Jesus? And he says, I cannot tell you for sure, but I just knew that it was Jesus. So this father of mine who for so many years, we prayed and I've tried to use my own way to no avail, the Lord saved through COVID. Today he's among us. There's my father there. And I don't have to remind him, because from then on, every single time, every single good Friday, he would take the initiative to send his testimony to our family and clan group. He says, it is one year ago, it is two years ago, today, that the Lord Jesus has saved me. What is impossible for man, is not impossible for God. And for those of you who are outside, there or online, if you have people that you have been trying to share in your life for so many years, and you say you're giving up, don't. The Lord hears your prayer because the Lord died, came, died and was raised to life for one purpose, that is to save life. So when you pray for people in your life that have not accepted Jesus yet, you are praying right into His will. The Lord works in His way and His time. Don't give up. I don't have time to share with a lot This 2020, the harvest elderly. The Lord used me to bring the gospel to to five elderly. One of them was my father. The collective years of these five elderly, three have gone home to be with the Lord. The Lord used me to share with them. The collective year is 500 years. You imagine this. 500 years ago, I went out and took, took a look. 500 years ago, Malaysia okay was Malacca there were there was no Malaysia okay there was no Malaysia Johor just had hit has its first sultan Pahang has just had his first sultan that's this far ago for three years of lockdown people said it's a waste that's because you are looking at the wrong harvest look around people for the lord wants to tell you now the harvest is full the field is white ask ask the lord of harvest which harvest that he is putting you in and wanting you to harvest now it may not be wheat it may not be the traditional harvest that you have been harvesting for the past years and decades even. It is a new harvest. I have never been used by the Lord to harvest the old, the elderly field. And Chinese is a saying, He said, old people when they accepted the Lord, they really got a good deal. They got a good deal. So how can you make sure that you bring this such a good deal to people around you? You listen to the Lord of Harvest, because He is calling you to harvest. Open your eyes wide and see which harvest you are in. In the future, when we have time, I'll share with you the stories of a caveman, 92 years old, communist party members. The Lord also used us to save Him, but I don't have time to share this time. God willing, I will be able to share. It's an amazing story. So I would share to now because I'm in a uh, red now, negative. So all glory would be to the Lord. All right. How many of you want to hear my children sing? All right. I tell them that this is the only time they can prove that they have moved from being freeloaders to frontliners. So better come and prove that you are not a freeloaders anymore. Come, come. I'm gonna teach them the first Hokkien they know. They will learn, okay? Gina! Come, come, come. What is your name? Karis. What is your name? Daniela. Okay, introduce yourself.
2: My name is Jesse Peter. I'm Josh. (laughs) My name is Isabella Poe. I'm Jedediah Poe. first. This festive Christmas Day. Willie, take your little drum. Robin, bring your flute and come. Instruments to play. Festive holiday. to loo loo pan a pan pan. There'll be instruments to play for this festive Christmas. Too loo loo, pan a pan a pan.
0: So in the close of this morning I want to pray For those of you with unsafe Fathers, mothers Siblings You stand You stand And let's believe that By the end of this year Salvation will come to your household Amen Even as we look into so many harvests But the one thing that is in everybody's heart is the salvation of your loved ones nothing more important than the salvation of your loved ones amen and I want those of you around let's stretch your hands to those people shall we do that let's believe that God means what he says and says what he means that he spoke to the Philippine jailer salvation has now come to your household I say that again salvation has now come to your household Father in Jesus name I want to commit all these dear people that are standing up before you today in the presence of the almighty God We're want to pray that salvation will come to that household I want you now to name that person will you do that? You name that person before the Lord. You call that name out before the Lord. Right now, wherever you're standing, whoever it is, could be your sister, your brother, your parents, your mom, your dad, your daughter, your son, whatever it is, whoever he or she is, let's believe that in the midst of all their work, something will happen. Something will happen. And God used COVID even to save Philip's father. He can use anything, anything, a person, Events, happenings, salvation will come to your loved ones. Even as you call out the name, call out the name, call out the name. Oh hallelujah, call out the name because the Lord is there with you. He hears that name, He hears that name. Even as your name is written in the book of life, that name, those names, even could be plural, will be written in the book of life together with yours, together with yours. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah Father in Jesus name you hear all these names being mentioned right now in Jesus' name. And we know that all of these names do matter. They are not anybody's names, but they are the loved ones of these very dear people. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that salvation will come to all of these households, whatever those households may be. By the end of the year, there will be great rejoicing, great rejoicing, Lord. And we don't know how it's going to happen, but it will happen, Father Lord, by a supernatural, miraculous way. Salvation. that person who has been named today, will be saved. Will be saved. Will be saved, Father Lord. And we thank you. We thank you in advance. We receive it, Father Lord, with thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much indeed. You're a good God. You're a good God, Lord. And, And we know, Lord, that even as we take care of your house, you will take care of our house, Lord. Even as we take care of your house, you will take care of our house. Thank you, Jesus. You know, hearing the testimony and hearing in person, Philip, don't inspire you to want to give your life to serve God. You know, Philip could have been a very successful person. I don't know what else. Very rich, successful, given the talents that he has. But he gave it all up for Jesus. It's not wasted, my friend. It's not wasted. And I want to challenge you all that this year, I want to believe that something special has occurred. I don't know whether you sense it or not. That 2023, I sense is going to be loa biasa. It's going to be extra. Or I don't know what it is. I just sense my spirit. Walk into that destiny. Don't miss it. I don't know what it means for you. I know what it means for me. Understand? I know what it means. Many things I can't share with you, but I will reveal to you in the coming days. It's so exciting. But I know, I know that this year and the following year is going to be extraordinary, different, not the same old thing. So I want to challenge you today, even as you reflect, we're still in a new year and going into the new year, you know what I'm saying? Think. How does God want to use you this year? For the harvest. For the harvest. For the harvest. Because He's the Lord of the harvest. So can I encourage you? You think that this year, in the coming weeks and months, ask the Lord, Lord, is there something that you want to use me for? Most importantly, to be part of the harvest to reap the harvest so I, I just give it to you today you think alright you think how God can use you in your workplace, in the schools in the homes in your friends, whatever it is ask God for the harvest ask Him for the harvest and He will show you what to do, is it okay with you? let's stretch our hands as we close Father, it has been an awesome beginning for 2023. Outstanding. Something that we can not even quantify or script. Something we cannot even plan because we know that it's all led by the Holy Spirit. And so God, we want to surrender. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We want to be guided by you and we know that even as we begin to do that, you will lead us Langka demi langka so that this year will be a wonderfully blessed and fruitful year meaningful year purposeful year that this year will be loa biasa this year many many souls will be ushered into your kingdom Father Lord across the board across the generations so Father every single one is led into your kingdom Lord we dedicate it back to you again so Lord use us Use us mightily. Use us, Father Lord, that this year will be a bountifully fruitful year. Hallelujah. So God, separate us now with your blessing. Bring us back safely home to our families. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards every one of you and your loved ones and always grant you shalom. in jesus precious name we pray Our god's people say have a wonderful chinese new year so there won't be a service next week but there will be a service week after next as usual saturday sunday two services not this coming week it's all recorded online have a wonderful chinese new year god bless you amen